Hello again, welcome to this week's Man on the Post podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, we're part of the World Football Index, and uh, with me this week, I've got Ryan. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thanks. You? Very good, thank you very much. Um, in a change to probably a bit of scheduling, this week's podcast is dedicated to uh, Emre Chan's right foot. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a goal Not that bad was. Little goal, was it? No, we'll talk about that in a bit, but my God, I watched that about 20 times. I do love Emre Chan, he's probably my favourite Liverpool player. Really? I think so, yeah. He's coming close to filling the Alonso-shaped hole in my heart. Ooh, that's that's a big hole as well. It is. It's a really big hole, considering it sort of had a Mascherano double whammy. (laughs) But, yeah, oh, yeah. It's it's big shoes. I think he is my favourite. I'm trying to think who else there could be. It's definitely him. Trying to think. No, I think, well, the other players you've got are just a bit sort of Meh at the moment, really. Yeah, Sane could get up there. I just Emery Chan would be the kind of sort of ball playing player I'd quite like to be. Yeah. If I wasn't nearly forty and overweight and shit at football. And playing in goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than that. <laughs> All right, but this week we're gonna be talking about the Champions League, a little bit of Europa League, some uh, leagues from around the world reaching their conclusion, Premier League, other bits and bobs and um that's it. I was going to say you had a game, but you don't have a game, do you? No, I don't have a game anymore. I mean, I need to think of a new one. Yeah. But that's actually difficult for people to do, because last time I had it, it was just rubbish. Well, no, you... you... <laughs> it was rubbish the first week. After that, it got a bit well, more you... difficult. <laughs> <laughs> you just came across the uh, the brain of Mark, that was all. Well... <laughs> Uh, right, OK, so we'll start with the Champions League this week. We'll start last night, shall we? Because I've got a vested interest in that, because... I've always been a bit of a Juve fan. Uh, okay. Two Gonzalo Higuain goals um, at the Stade Louis de Stadium. Uh, saw Juventus beat Monaco 2-0. Right. Um, I watched this whole game and oh, really it was... It wasn't so much the sort of rope-a-dope you'd think where Monaco was just blindly, blindly attacking and Juventus soaking everything up. I mean, they did have their chances. They had the. Uh, I mean, Monaco had the chances in the first few minutes. They Buffon made a save from Mbappe. Uh, somebody else had a header that Buffon had to save as well. So they did have to be there at the start. But once they settled into their stride, Juve Marquezio was there at the middle, sort of dictating play. <laughs> I love Marquezio. Uh, do, do you really? I, I hadn't noticed by the man <laughs> on the post tweets all night long about they were just all centric to Marquezio. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing Marquezio. <laughs> Marquisio brilliantly watches on as Higuain scores a second. <laughs> Pretty much, I like that. Just you know, <laughs> stands aloofly there as everyone's around him. <laughs> um, right, chance gone for Monaco, really, isn't it? Can you see them scoring two goals at uh, the Aventus Stadium? Definitely not. I mean, even one goal is going to be a bit of a squeeze. I mean, what is it? Six clean sheets in a row for Juve in Champions League I saw something yeah six consecutive clean sheets nine out of eleven clean sheets in the Champions League this season I mean it's Buffon as well I mean come on it's his year nothing's stopping Buffon now there was a nice little bit on BT Sport beforehand with Mbappe and Buffon Um, and again this sort of stat about Totti last week Uh, Kylian Mbappe wasn't born till six months after Buffon had played in the World Cup 98 oh my god (laughs) Um, it's the first time Monaco haven't scored at home since November 2015. Jeez. Yeah. Hmm. Um, God, I mean, did Juve soak it up and just hit them on the break? I mean, possession was 50-50 for the pair for the two sides. A little bit, but I think Juve sort of they obviously went out went out with a game plan, and they are very very good at soaking up pressure and, and not conceding. So, you know, it's difficult to sort of think. That Juve didn't weren't in control. It looked like they were just they were happy to play their game, wait for the chances, and I mean, especially with the first goal, I think the football was just so fantastic as well. On the break, I mean that Dani Alves assist is just cool. which one ridiculous. Well, the the back heel, yeah, it's just ridiculous. You, you to do that in a Champions League semi final, it's just phenomenal. See, how did he know he was there? I mean, presumably Higuain must have given him a call. I think it's, Alves is one of those players that I think over the years has been a bit underrated really in terms of his impact on games and sort of just his general ability but a no look past I mean, yeah you, you to even have a shout from behind you to know the exact placement with a back heel and to know it's he's definitely like, your player as well not one of yeah, the Monaco exactly. players 
challenge you know cheat or something but yeah. it's just incredible game sense to know exactly where he was going to be at that point yeah you know if Joe Cole and Blanca from Street Fighter 2 had a baby it would be Danny Alves <laughs> they do look the same they, they sort of, it looks like some I kind of I can see that yeah <laughs> um Monaco's 58th game of the season you can forgive them for being a little bit knackered can't you yeah and I think the other thing is well, we're getting to that the tail end of the season anyway and as I said you've, they've had so many games but also the attention that they're getting um, because of all the, the transfer rumours and the potential dealings I think is definitely going to have an effect as well because you're getting to that thing where it's, you may be thinking maybe this is my final few games at this club um, so that sort of might have a bit of an effect or you're just sort of thinking the season's almost over we cannot, will I move on will I not move on and that's that's probably something that's you know, weighing them down they're a relatively young team yeah, they're not used to this kind of speculation, are they? Or this mm. kind of attention. Um, although, to be fair, the second leg is pretty much going to be as was the first leg, isn't it? Juve can defend, Monaco have to attack. So the game plans haven't really changed that much, have they? No, it'll be a carbon copy, really. Uh, I, just, I think Juventus will be a bit more dug in. Uh, probably still trying to counter but maybe not be as adventurous on the counter maybe sort of trying it if it if it doesn't isn't going to work then sort of take a step back and hold possession uh was Giorgio Chiellini lucky to stay on the pitch I've watched this back a few times and it's difficult because he, he's watching the ball the entire time this is the elbow on Radamel Falcao isn't it yeah yeah so Again, it's difficult because he, he's looking at the ball, but it's almost like he knows he's, he's there and he, his elbows are at a very unnatural angle, yeah. from what I can tell. And it's sort of almost like he's just, he knows, I'm going to step back here and, and, and give him one. It, his arm doesn't move towards, his body moves towards Falcao. Mm. But it's definitely a, a booking, in, but whether it's a red eye still, I'm not really sure. They've got to be careful because, I mean, Kadira is suspended for this game. You don't want to lose Chiellini for the final do you and of course I think Marquisio got booked and somebody else got booked as well so you don't want to start losing players at this late stage for the final absolutely I think that, you know booking in the, the next game and Juventus are a team that I, I don't know who's there to fill in the gaps if Chiellini isn't playing for example I don't know who their sort of third or fourth choice centre back is to sort of cover that gap so it, especially going into a final you need everyone available top tip top condition yeah Definitely. Okay. Uh, briefly, can you see Monaco turning this around? No. No. That's pretty much resounding as well. I can't, yes. I, I I can't mean, see it either. It's going to be just the way that Juventus have defended. It's, it's so difficult to think. Monaco are a very good attacking team, but they're away from home. It's going to be a really tough one. Yeah. Well, speaking of another team that's going to be up against it in the return leg, um, Real Madrid 3, Atletico Madrid 0. A Cristiano Ronaldo hat-trick. Was it his 47th hat-trick? I think it was. I saw a lot of stuff about his his goal numbers because I did see something where Real Madrid said it was his four hundred four hundredth goal for them, but it's actually only three hundred ninety ninth. It was very weird. I saw a lot about goals. Mm. I um I watched a little clip of him scoring his first ever hat trick for Manchester United. That was in two thousand and eight. Jeez. So he joined them in two thousand. It took him five years to score a hat trick. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so if you think it took him that I mean, unbelievable in the fact that it took him that long, and unbelievable in the fact that what he's done since then. Yeah, but, I mean, he's just, he's an incredible player, and um, we'll always say, you know, who's better, Messi or Ronaldo? I'll, I'll always say Ronaldo, just because he has proven himself multiple times. I mean, the first goal was just a sort of a simple header, but the second goal was just a smash from on the volley. I've written Wolf next to it. <laughs> yeah, and, and even his third was was it was a bit of an easy goal, but again, good positioning and the calmness to finish. Oh, he still sent the keeper the wrong way, didn't he, on that third goal? Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, that second goal I like all the more because of um, Stefan Savage's despairing dive as well. <laughs> That's always good to watch. Um, I was talking to you pre-pod, wasn't I? Justin Bryant from Keepers Union having a little tiny pop at Jan Oblak. Um, saying that for the second goal he had his hands round about his knees uh, when Ronaldo struck the ball his hands should have been a little bit higher and maybe he could have got that ball if his hands were that bit higher I mean because it might the, have broke his hand off though I mean it might have, them's the breaks though but I mean <laughs> it, 
it sort of wasn't too far from him. It kind of went over his head a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, a little bit. And when sort of a, a goalkeeper actually sort of you know tells you those things, you sort of you look at it a different way. And we were saying here beforehand that you know, I've never really been a goalkeeper, so I wouldn't really think about it. I, I just saw the, the strike and think, what a strike! But then yeah, someone actually said, well, actually, if his hands are a bit higher, he, he might have a better better chance of pushing it away. But I mean. Still a great goal, but it's it's interesting to see the other the other side of the coin. Yeah, Tony Cruz had 123 touches in that game. Guess how many Ronaldo had? Uh, it's going to be significantly less, I imagine. It was. It's 50. 50 touches. Oh, Jeez. 50 touches. Doesn't need that many. No, and I think he had five shots on target as well. Not uh, a bad return rate, is it? I'd I'd have that. <laughs> Uh, Atletico only one shot on target throughout the whole game unfortunately um, in the way that Monaco Juventus is tactically hasn't really changed the roles are reversed significantly here haven't they Real Madrid have got to defend and Atletico Madrid have got to attack yeah it's going to be such a, a weird one I, I again it's another uh, game where I don't think there's any way back for Atletico um, maybe if it was 1 or even 2-0 you maybe but 3 is just yeah, I think it's just too many. It's too much. They do yeah. quite well against them in the league, Atletico do, uh, but Real seem to have got the hoodoo on them in the Champions League. They've uh, won in the last three times they've met because it was twice in the final and once in the quarterfinal, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a lot to be said about sort of superstition or sort of streaks. I mean, that's why the term bogey team exists or bogey situation. You know, every club or team has got someone they hate playing against in certain situations. In the league, they don't seem to have any fear. Um, in the Champions League, either Real Madrid are just a whole lot better, or Atletico are just scared of winning the Champions League. and just the, the, That fear just can't carry them through. Who's Chelsea's bogey team? It used to be like Middlesbrough, but that, that, that's changed a lot since. I don't really know. Probably you, actually. <laughs> Just over, just over, maybe a few years ago when it was the, the you know all those Champions League games and the league where we we seem to play you like four or five times every season. Yeah, but again, you'd beat us in the league, and we beat you in the Champions League. Yeah, we 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 had a bigger version to the Champions League for a long time. I could have seen Liverpool's bogey teams, Leicester City. That's I, fair. I can remember Steve Claridge scoring a winner in a three-two win back in sort of the early noughties or the late nineties. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other teams that sort of we class as bogey team for Palace, either Chelsea or Liverpool. Mm. Yeah, Palace, absolutely. Okay. Um, no team has successfully defended the Champions League trophy. Uh, and also one thing I wrote down as well: um, Cristiano Ronaldo has scored 103 Champions League goals. Atletico Madrid have scored 100. <laughs> I saw that the other day. <laughs> it's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, no team has successfully defended that Champions League trophy at all. Um, it will be interesting, unless either Atletico or Monaco can do something ridiculous. It will yeah. be interesting again to see a team that can attack versus a team that really can defend. Absolutely. I, I really did just want Juventus to win it. I think they deserve it, and everyone. Wants to see Buffon lift a trophy, lift that trophy. Who wouldn't want to see that? Exactly, and then he'll probably cry, and then you know he'll probably retire. Yeah, like, like, like that uh, Lebanese bloke we were on about. He just might shoot himself on the pitch. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not going to get any better than this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, okay. Um, when are the return legs? Are they next week or the week after? Oh, I think they're next week. I'm, I saw something about the tenth. Yeah. yeah. Um. Other games coming, well, some games coming this weekend over in uh, the world of Europe and beyond. Uh, it's Besiktas versus Fenerbahce in the Turkish League. That's normally quite a, a noisy affair, isn't it? Mm. Um, and did you see about the young Czech midfielder, uh, Frantisek... I'm going to really help with my spelling here. <laughs> Frantisek Rajishkal, I'm really sorry about... Well, <laughs> The, the subject matter is pretty appalling, so I'm, I'm really struggling with this pronunciation. Sorry. I can't read my handwriting. Uh, he plays in the Turkish League for, again, mm. I can't pronounce this this team, unfortunately, because of my stupid handwriting. Um, he's committed suicide, age 31. Did, 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 has anyone said why? or No one quite knows as yet. Uh, but that was announced earlier on this week. Um, 
so I mean that was a pretty shocking thing. I mean I can't remember any footballer really doing apart from uh, there's a couple. I think I can remember um, uh, oh the goalkeeper. What was his name? The German goalkeeper. I've got his book German. upstairs. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember his name before. I can picture him. I can see his book upstairs. The <laughs> Roland Ren book, A Life Too Short. And I can't remember his name. Uh, and Justin Fashion as well. But it's something incredibly unusual. I mean, the, the, the biggest one for me, football-wise, obviously not a player at the time, but um, Gary Speed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Manager of a national team. And that, that, that one was such a big shock to everyone. It was sort yeah. of, you just sort of think, oh, okay. Exactly. Robert Enker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, remember him. Uh, yeah, pretty awful news. Um, right, other things we have going across as well in Europe. We've got League One, uh, or oh, League One, League Un, sorry, I wrote a one. <laughs> I was going to say that Europe. <laughs> it's in Europe for a bit longer. Well. <laughs> uh, PSG versus Bastia and Nancy versus Monaco. Now, Monaco are on 83 points. Um, PSG are on 80, um, but Monaco got a game in hand. That's scored 95 goals as well in the league this season. Did you see... Uh, PSG last week versus Nice. I saw little bits of it, and didn't they? They lost sort of quite convincingly, as well, didn't they? Well, they lost two one. Balotelli scored, uh, and then Balotelli did a little thing where he started showboating on the sidelines for about ten seconds, and Blaise Matuidi thought, "I'm not having any more of this," and went straight through him. <laughs> um, and they also lost Thiago Motta to an off the ball incident red card, and then uh, Angel Di Maria with a sort of Cantona-esque oh, red card. Yeah, it was both of those. Stupid, stupid red card in that very <laughs> short amount of time. Because I remember you, I saw you tweeting about it. I was like, oh, I've got to check this out. Because we said at the time it was great shit. How's I don't know what Di Maria is trying to do. That was awful. I mean, I just turned over from watching Inter Milan Napoli. That was quite a good game. Um, and I thought it, it, and you could, I could sort of sense it on my Twitter timeline that it was going to kick off in the PSG game. So I thought, I'm going to watch that for an absolute lull. Um, <laughs> and it didn't disappoint in any way whatsoever. Standard stuff, really. Like, yeah, I, I really do enjoy those games where you you, you flick it in, and you start watching, and you start. I know there's tension here. Oh yeah, it's all gonna it's all gonna boil over. It's all gonna be handbags in a minute. Exactly, Diego Godan in the 85th minute of next week's Champions League time. Yes, <laughs> he will do something. Uh, it's the A League final this weekend. It's gonna be the big blue derby, uh, Sydney FC versus Melbourne Victory. Um, Bessart Barisha for Melbourne Victory became the first player to score 100 A-League goals it's a big accomplishment it is it is a big accomplishment hey there's an article uh, all about him as my pinned tweet if you just follow C Armband it's there <laughs> shameless plug and it's if you follow shameless plug in the middle of the podcast oh, I know <laughs> and if you follow the link on my uh, biography it takes you to my blog where I write all about the Big Blue Derby another shameless plug Oh my god! I'll have to tweet them over the weekend. I think. Yeah, as I was gonna say, you definitely have to. Do that. When this goes live, you definitely have to tweet them again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's an interesting lad, Barisha. Have you ever seen him? No. He's born in Kosovo, played for Albania, brought up in Germany, and sort of nobbled around, not doing an awful lot in Germany. He's been a bit in Scandinavia. He played for Burnley for a little bit as well, um, and he ended up over in Australia, kind of like a last chance saloon. And he's really, really found his straps first with the Brisbane Raw. And then with Melbourne victory, um, he's now switched nationality as you can do, and he's playing for Kosovo. Made his debut for them in the last round of World Cup qualifiers. He's also applying for Australian citizenship. Wow, okay, that's good. So, I think he's had three nationalities. <laughs> I think you know, you never, you might as well. Brilliantly feisty player, really, really good fun to watch. He, um, uh, he's. Uh, what did he challenge someone to a fight I can't remember who it was but he had a tete-a-tete with someone on the pitch and as he's walking off he grabbed hold of his arm tried to drag him in the tunnel because he's trying to sort of finish it off in the tunnel (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he um, he got racially abused by Dean Buzanis ex-Liverpool player Dean Buzanis called him a fucking gypsy Um, in in the uh, game last week last month um, I think that was in the big blue derby as well Um, he'd scored a goal and it was an own goal, actually. Barisha had scored. It was an own goal. Barisha... Oh, oh, explain this again. They thought Barisha had scored a goal. It didn't. It had gone in as an own goal. Uh, and there was lots of sort of consultations with the referee. It was against Melbourne City. Um, 
because Tim Cahill got sent off. He didn't even. On, he wasn't even on the oh, pitch. He, oh, is that game? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And then he celebrated right in the face of Buzanis when the referee gave the goal. Status. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah. So he's a he's an interesting player. He's not the best player, but he's what you call a trier. You'd like him on your team, I think, and he'd be a pain in the neck to mark. Yeah. Um, also coming up this weekend uh, is Milan Roma in um, Serie A. Roma just a point now ahead of Napoli after they lost 3-1 in the uh, Derby Capitale last week uh, and Napoli beat Inter Milan 1-0 um, because top three have Champions League football in Italy but the third place team has to go for a playoff ok so, so who's in third sorry Napoli are in third by point at the moment behind Roma Juve are way off in the lead I think they can win the title this weekend um, in fact, they can win the title this weekend in the Torino Derby as they uh, the Turin Derby as they play Torino. Oh, that's going to be good for them, isn't it? It's yeah, really yeah, exactly. Today is the anniversary of the Gran Torino team and their plane crash in the late 1940s. Um, a very good book about that by Dominic Bliss. If you hit him up and try and buy that, uh, a few incidents in Italy this weekend. Francesco Totti, well, he's not announced his retirement. His club have basically announced his retirement and said <laughs> they're going to offer him a director's role next year. Um, he's not come out and denied that. It's, it's one of those, we don't want you to play anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> please, yeah. you might as well retire. <laughs> it's like mutual consent when everybody else decides you should go. Yes. <laughs> uh, and also, sort of, uh, quite unsavoury scenes in Calgary as uh, Pescara Sulimantari was... Uh, racially abused. Something along the lines, he was racially abused by a young fan with his parents. So in the 90th minute, he went over and gave the boy his... Uh, I think he went to give the boy his shirt or something. So he, the, he didn't want the boy to think badly of him or he wanted the boy to grow up nicely. So he went and did that. He then went and remonstrated with the referee that the referee wouldn't do anything about it, at which point the referee booked him. And Antari, uh then decided to walk off the pitch, at which point he received a second yellow. Now... His ban, one game ban for two yellow cards stands. They're not going to punish Calgary, the Italian authorities, because they don't think enough fans took part in the abuse to warrant. Um... <laughs> every, every time I hear it, it's like, yeah, so good. To, to warrant uh, to warrant further investigation, which makes you think, well, what number have they got in mind? Is there some number written down? Do, do you think they've got like, well, it's got to be five thousand people, and they go, oh, sorry, it was four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. Yeah, exactly. Can't do anything about it. Sorry. If only one more person racially abused yeah, you, we yeah, could have yeah. done something. Sorry, yeah. if you, you should have, you know, gone over to more people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Antonio Rudiger of Roma has also complained about being uh, racially abused as well in the Rome derby. Um, but speaking of walking on the pitch, remember when Kevin Prince Boateng walked off the pitch for Milan? Oh yeah. So that was in a friendly against the fourth division teams. I don't think anything happened with that. But people often say it's going to take someone to walk off the pitch for something to happen. <laughs> as if. <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things that... The thing that interests me is, you know, will... If these little things continue, is is this what's going to make a lot of Italian players or people playing in Italy move to the Premier League and other leagues? You know, there's, there's a lot of players that are currently sort of under that sort of cloud at the moment where they, they could move to other leagues or big teams and is, is this just going to push people over the edge to leave I mean why would you want to stay if, if you're just getting abused every week I don't think so I mean you look at incidents that are taking place elsewhere Danny Alves got racially abused someone threw a banana at him in La Liga so he picked it up and ate it oh, yeah, so it, if, it, if it happens in a league like that um, and you still have um, you still have black players playing there um, I mean imagine somewhere like Russia yeah, black oh, players yeah. still playing in Russia, don't you? And then there oh. was also the young lad called Everton who was abused, uh, the partisan Belgrade player who was racially abused as well this season. I think he's still playing in Serbia. I, know there was, I think it was in the um, Celtic Rangers game as well. I saw there was a picture of um, someone racially abusing um, Scott Sinclair. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean. It happens everywhere. It happens everywhere, unfortunately, just, doesn't it? It's horrible to, to think that it's still happening. Yeah. And and to get booked and then get banned because you're you're trying to raise your concerns yeah you kind of think well I haven't really got anywhere to go no um okay right uh in the championship last weekend of the championship the uh top positions are pretty much sewn up so you've got your four uh playoff teams decided unless Leeds pull off some kind of 13 goal turnaround and Fulham (laughs) lose um the bottom of the championship is where it's at so you've got uh 
bottom of the team, bottom of the table are Rotherham, 22 points. Although somehow they've managed to pick up four points in their last two games, which is kind of a little bit <laughs> too little too late. Um, Wigan are also relegated on 41 points. So then you've got one relegation place to play out between um, Blackburn who occupy the last place at the moment on 48 points on goal difference above them is Forest and then above them by two points is Birmingham City so this weekend uh, Blackburn are away at Brentford uh, Birmingham are away at Bristol City I think sort of secured their own destiny a week or two ago mm. uh, and Nottingham Forest are home to Ipswich Town Ipswich are on a driveling run at the moment they never seem every time I watch the Channel 5 programme they all seem to lose all three teams are playing someone that haven't really got anything to play for. So, could be an interesting one then. It, yeah, it could be an interesting one. It could really be which of those teams are going to have the most fight. The other thing that isn't really quite decided is the uh, actual uh, championship trophy. You've got Brighton top on 92 points, Newcastle on 91. Um, and you've got Brighton away at Aston Villa this weekend. And Newcastle are at home to Barnsley. You kind of imagine they're both winnable games. You thought so. I don't know Newcastle. I do, things in Newcastle, you can sort of see them having odd games every now and then, can't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it'll be good. I don't know if it's good to see them back in the Premier League. Actually, I was going to say it's going to be good to see them back, but I don't know about that. <laughs> Especially with Benitez as well. What? Yeah, come on. We come on, he won his European oh, Cup. Yeah, well, I hate Benitez. You hate him, he won you a European trophy. Yeah. Grateful swine. What, <laughs> what did he ever do badly for your club? He turned up. He turned up, go on then, what did he's, he do? He turned up. I'll tell you what, no, 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 the thing is, right, I, th- I can't remember who, I think it was, was it Di Matteo that got sacked and then, I was, I was sitting at uni and I can't, it's all the things like, Rafa Benitez currently the favourite and I was like, no, yeah, no. Well, Rafa Benitez is never going to join Chelsea. Liverpool, no, nah, never going to happen. Is and it all it because of the plastic flags thing? Eh, a little bit, but it's just, it's just generally Benitez was just, I just really dislike Benitez. Why? He had a history with the club as well before, you know, all those games, all those times that he beat us and, you know, just. Managers oh. beat you all the while. Well, not beat yeah, you, but no. man- you know, managers beat other teams all the while. I oh, know. I just it's something about Benitez. The, the no, I just don't like. Him. Oh come on! <laughs> he won you a European trophy. I don't understand this of Chelsea fans that don't like Benitez. It's just because no one wanted him in the first place. Right. So then he came in. He didn't get you yeah. the Champions League, but then nobody was yeah, going to. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. He didn't count last season. Nah, Hiddink was great. Oh, there you he go then. <laughs> so, he didn't get a Champions League football, which nobody would have done, to be honest. He won you a European trophy. What more could he have done? Stepped aside for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, what more could he have done? That No, I, it, it's a fair point. I just... the. the... I didn't want him in the first place. He didn't excite me. It wasn't like the manager that I was like, I really want to watch Chelsea today. Just it, it wasn't a great time. I mean, yeah, the Europa League was just unbelievable. But at the same time, I was just like, this isn't this isn't what I want. This season, obviously, this is amazing. But, you know, this is what like, a manager <laughs> that I can get behind. Benitez, I just couldn't get behind. He was right about the plastic flags, though. Well, everyone's, everyone's right about the plastic flags. The plastic flags <laughs> are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, look, that's the championship. League one is sewn up with the ups and the downs. Um, League two, League two is quite exciting. Have you seen that? I haven't actually. Uh, League two, Leighton Orient obviously are relegated, uh, which was quite well publicised last week. The final playoff position is between Hartlepool, who last week dropped into uh, the playoff place, uh, and Newport County. Uh, Hartlepool are two points behind. They got forty-three points. Newport County got forty-five. Um, where are they this weekend? Newport are at home to Notts County, uh, managed by Kevin Nolan. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and Hartlepool are home to Doncaster Rovers, already promoted Doncaster Rovers. So Doncaster Rovers in second. Yeah, that's going to be pretty. That's going to be a bit tough. Mm, tough. It's going to be good. Good. It's always good when. 
things go down to the final day, though. Yeah, except if you're there. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, League 2, I should imagine, is like many of these lower leagues where one team can beat another on any given day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and speaking of which, have you seen the playoff places? No. Okay, so the playoff positions, are said the top three go up automatically. So from fourth down to seventh is where we're at. So there is between Carlisle United in sixth place, so occupying the penultimate playoff place, um, down to Mansfield Town in twelfth. Anyone there and in between can get into the playoffs. Jeez. So it's going to be interesting come this weekend. That, that could change an awful lot. So it could be any one of Carlisle, Blackpool, Stevenage, Cambridge, Colchester, Wickham, Mansfield Town. Uh, is that what I said? Mansfield yeah. Town. Yeah, that's as far. Yeah, so any one of those teams could end up in the. Any one, two of those teams could end up in the playoffs. That's going to be insane then. It is going to be really, really interesting. Carlisle and Blackpool, they're in the, um, the driving seat at the moment. Uh, Blackpool at home to, oh, Blackpool at home to Leighton Orient, already relegated Leighton Orient. Uh, so you kind of think that's a home banker. Mm. Um, and, uh, Carlisle are, oh wait, Exeter City. Now Exeter City are a point of place above them in the playoffs. So that's been a little bit tough. Yeah, it's just, oh, there's just quite a few games there that are going to be quite sort of tasty, actually. There's going to be a few, yeah. There's plenty left to play for. Mm. So that'd be quite interesting. Um, Vanarama playoffs this week. Aldershot Town lost 3-0 at home to uh, Tranmere Rovers. Tonight, it's Forest Green Rovers versus Dagenham. Um, I find these a little bit interesting because you want the new teams to come up. Forest Green Rovers got a nice ground and everything, but... I feel sorry for the teams that have already been relegated trying to get back up. Yeah, it's going to be so tough. I feel for them. Did you see York City? No. Relegated last season from League Two. Uh, this weekend just gone relegated from the conference. Oh. Two successive relegations. That's not what you want. No, and they nearly survived as well. Um, they drew, I think, and Geisley, who were the other team that they were banking on overtaking, they got a sort of last-minute equaliser as well, so... They um they didn't do it unfortunately. Jeez, um, I, I I always get really confused when I see teams that get like constantly sort of relegated and, and whether they're such a, a sort of high in one division and it just goes so badly so quickly. Well, you, you think what's the difference? Your very own Northampton Town, of course. Well, exactly. Went all the way from the fourth division up to the first, back down again. Yeah, and you got like obviously Portsmouth and people like that. I mean, the, the fact that you're like Blackburn. Uh, you know, could get relegated. He's sort of just thinking, you know, they were a Premier League team. Yeah, I mean, I'm old enough to remember Wolves going down from the first division down to the fourth division as well. Mm. Uh, I think Northampton, when they did it, they went up in successive seasons and down in successive seasons. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, so, I mean, I remember Luton when they were a first division team as well, and they were non-league a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I feel sorry for York City. I haven't gone all that way. I mean, you think one relegation is bad enough and then you think, right, we'll consolidate or we'll make a push for the playoffs. <laughs> no, you're going out the other end and you're no. going to play in, like Truro City or something. Yeah. <laughs> or Boston United or somebody like that. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, Europa League semi-final, Ajax 4, Leon 1. God, we watched the highlights of this, didn't we? Yeah, it's such a, I mean, Ajax is such a good team, really, and... It was sort of one of the things that was like, this could be a good game, but you're not really sure, and then it turns out to be a massively good game. What was your man's name that scored the, the blonde haired lad that scored the I think it's Goldberg. Goal? Yes, right. I like that goal. Smashed it, didn't he? Yeah, he just he thought, oh, might as well like, just have, absolutely have it. Yeah, Traore's second goal I liked as well. I do like Burton Trick. It's interesting how this, you know, with all this talk about signing Champions League quality strikers or whatever, and you've got a potential Europa League quality striker out on loan with Traore from Chelsea oh really yeah, yeah he's because um, he, he played a couple of games last season I think Hiddink gave him a, gave him a go he scored a couple of goals and obviously went on loan to Ajax this season quite, scored quite a few goals of course you've got Tammy Abrahams coming back as well haven't you exactly so it's just you know, that's, it's always a conversation for a different podcast but it's just the amount of quality players that are actually out on loan I mean 
you're looking at Quadrado, who's playing in the Juventus team that are about to go into the final of the Champions League. Yeah. And just... He's been it's an, interesting. Hmm? He's been an important part of that team as well. Exactly. It just makes you think. I mean, Ajax definitely have benefited from Traore being there. You could argue that that success that he's having with Ajax is, is a good thing for him. Yeah. But, I mean... Back to the game, the second goal was pretty great, actually. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Pretty special. Mm. Um, you mentioned something about a Brazilian. Either you've had one or something in the news about them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, there, was a, there, was, <laughs> there was a Brazilian player sort of in a lower league in Brazil. Um, he was on the bench um, when the, sort of, the police sort of stopped the match... And he'd, he'd managed to evade capture since October, kidnapping. Yeah. So in the middle of the match, the police came on, stopped the game, <laughs> arrested him, and dragged him off the pitch. While he was sitting, on, they just like, the police just walked up to the bench, and he was wanted on four arrest warrants. Wow, it's very similar to Anna Valencia. Do you he's playing the World Cup qualifier, and they arrested him as he walked off the pitch? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there you go. You just never know who you're playing against, what? do you? Exactly. You know, he's just, exactly. When someone says, I'll get you after the game, <laughs> maybe they will. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, over to the Premier League. Um, Premier League fixtures will start at the bottom this weekend, seeing as that seems to be possibly the most exciting. I always find the bottom of the league more exciting than the top of the league. I don't know why. Because usually the top's normally sort of concluded by now, really. Uh, yeah, it is. I think it's just a battle, to, battle for survival, I think it is. So, Hull uh, are playing already relegated Sunderland, um, who've got Sebastian Larson back after suspension. A win for Marco Silva would equal uh, Steve Bruce's record of seven home Premier League wins uh, in a season for Hull. So, that kind of gives you um, a flavour of what he's managed to do since he came in in January. I really rate Marco Silva. Originally, you know, I remember saying on this podcast, I don't know who he is. He, he was a very random appointment. You went all Paul, um, Paul Merson on us, didn't you? I was very much like, oh, God, these foreign managers coming in. <laughs> and, you know, he settled them down massively. Yeah, OK, their away form, you know, is still difficult, but their home form's been... I don't think... Have they lost at home? He's not lost at home in over 14... No, he's not. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, they have lost at home, but he's not lost at home with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that just has a whole lot about where they were... Yeah, at the start of the season to where they are now. Yeah, I mean they've won their last two at home. Uh, although they've only won one in four at home versus Sunderland, but you've got a feeling it might be a little bit different. You think Sunderland? You'd like to think that Sunderland. Yeah, Sunderland aren't suddenly going to be like actually now that we've been relegated. Yeah, let's start playing now. The pressure's off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean they they got the um, the draw last week at Southampton. So they've got seven points out of their last nine. Unfortunately, it's also coincided with a run from Swansea as well, who are uh, at home to Everton. Um, Jefferson Montero is out. Jonas Olsen's fit. Uh, although Everton have got Schneiderlin and uh, McCarthy out. Um, yeah. Swansea are unbeaten in their last five versus Everton, though. Same, same thing with Swansea, really, in terms of where they were to where they are now. Yes, they're still towards the bottom of the table, but... Generally, they've been so much improved under Clement, and it, make, it makes you sort of it makes me sad, really, that, that both of these teams are still struggling because they've, they have markedly improved. Yes, I would be quite happy to see West Ham and Crystal Palace go down instead of the pair of these. I'm, I'm not sure about West Ham, Crystal Palace. Yes, oh, that's the thing. I'm looking. I'm looking at the because Borough would be the other team going down, so it could in theory be Sunderland, Borough, and Palace. I'd, I'd prefer that than either Hull or Swansea. I'd, I think both Silva and Clement deserve more time in the Premier League to, to carry on the work that they've done so far. Well, Sunderland, I'm glad are going down. Middlesbrough, oh, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just annoyed at because they spent so long trying to get it and they've blown their chance. Um, Palace, yeah, be last to see Big Sam going I mean, down. Yeah, and exactly. West Ham, I'd love to see Big Sam go. West Ham with that spanking new free stadium to go down would just be superb as well. <laughs> And um, they, were, they were going to get, they were, you know, getting Europa League there. They were going to really grow and where they are now. <laughs> exactly. Six God. Uh, Everton haven't lost their way against the side in the bottom three since 2012. And who were they? Oh, God. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> There's an impossible quiz. 
No, who is it? Reading. Oh, Red. Oh, God. I remember when Reading were in the Premier League. I think I remember, twice, didn't they? Yeah, I remember, sort of, again, it was a, a sort of a uni memory, and I think I was moving into my house, and it was Chelsea Reading, and me and my dad, and we were sort of, talk, we were listening to it on the radio, I was like, we can't lose to Reading. <laughs> and, and we lost like 1-0, and I was like, this is the most depressing thing ever. Was that rougher? I, ooh. It would have been around Rafa time. Could have even been AVB. Yeah. Could have even been Villas Boas. I'm going to have to look that up because that's going to bother me. <laughs> um, when these two signs met a Goodison in the park, it was 1 uh, 1. A Seamus Coleman, 89th minute goal, uh, brought them level. So for these two, I'm going to go for a whole win and then a draw, I think, for Swansea Everton. Yeah, I think Swansea could. Swansea are going to draw, I think. And then. Yeah, I mean, Sunderland's so bad. Hell have got to win. I mean, Everton are only two points behind Arsenal. I know Arsenal got two games in hand, but that's, you know, is Arsenal. Yeah, well, Arsenal are. They're, they're digging towards that point where they might start bottling it again now, so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, okay, we're also down the bottom for one of these next two teams. Uh, it's Chelsea versus Middlesbrough in the uh, Jeremy Derby. <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> um. Chelsea have won their last six versus Middlesbrough, not conceded any. Borough haven't scored in the Premier League versus Chelsea since 2001. So Jeremy could well have been there. Yep, I remember that one. Uh, that was you remember fun. it? Well, there was there was one where I think Borough beat us 3-0. Hmm. And that and it might have been that game. Oh, really? Yeah. God um, damn it, Chelsea. Why'd you do these things to me? <laughs> <laughs> the, next, well, the next win for Chelsea in the Premier League will be their 500th. I can't wait. I mean, it's just every game I watch, it's so tense. I just. Where are you now? You are four points ahead. So Tottenham can get to four points, eighty-nine. So you need eight points from four games. Yeah, so, Tottenham. It's. It, I think we've got the easy run in. Um, they I don't both play United, don't they? Yeah, I don't think many teams are really gonna stop us now uh, but Tottenham Man United you know they're very good at drawing so I'd like them to draw again Yeah, I don't, I don't think they can beat Tottenham um, but it's, it's every game I'm just watching especially you know the game against Everton which was just a bit of a slow start and then it sort of picked up it's so difficult every time to watch now yeah Cesc Fabregas his next assist will give him the statistic of being the only Premier League player to have got more than ten assists in six different seasons. The thing about the the, the Fabregas stats is, and I think he's like the second all-time assist player in the Premier League. And the, I looked at that, and I was just thinking, he was away for three, four years. <laughs> yeah. Like, where would he be if if he'd stayed? Yeah, he gets a lot of heat. I think a bit unfairly. He's such a fantastic player. I, I really like Fabregas. He's, He's not exactly the most defensive player. I think that's why Conte sometimes doesn't pick him. But I remember at the start of the season where it had been two or three games and they were like, Fabregas is on his way out. Conte doesn't like him. And I was sort of saying, well, no, he's just he's not suiting the style at the moment. But as we keep playing more games and we, we progress in competitions, Fabregas will come into it and he'll start picking up assists and he'll start playing. And as soon as he comes into a game, he's usually got an assist by the end of it. Yeah. He's been around for an awful long time as well, hasn't yeah. he? He, he turned 30 today as well. So happy birthday to Fabricas. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, there you go. Which is even weirder because, again, he's been around forever. Yeah, exactly. He's only just turning 30. Yeah. Um, okay, I can only see this going one way. That's Chelsea, Middle by the way. way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're doing the Diego Costa farewell tour. Oh, is that official? Oh, unofficially. <laughs> unofficially. The, the big rumours were that China had already agreed the deal. Um, it might be an opportunity for, Chelsea, for Chelsea fans to sign the John Terry stand proposal. I don't know if you saw that. No, I saw the Kenny Dalglish uh, stand. Yeah, so yeah, obviously Liverpool have named uh, one of the stands after Kenny Dalglish. So Chelsea fans thought, well, if they're doing it, we'll rename one of our stands to the John Terry stand. So there's a big petition going around at the moment. Is there? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. I, mean, I suppose you... Um... You could make a case for it. He's been arguably your most successful captain. As long as they don't rename the Matthew Harding stand the John Terry stand. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think can't it would be, it'd be a it, massive it, problem. It would be one of the stands that's just the, the East stand. Yeah. Yeah. 
can't see it being a massive problem. I don't know. That seems quite fitting, I suppose. I think it would be good. Yeah. Um, Arsenal versus Manchester United. So this is the battle for well, one of the battles for fourth, isn't it? So you've got Manchester United in fifth at the moment on 65 points, a point behind Manchester City in fourth. Uh, six, five points behind Manchester City, uh, Manchester United in sixth place uh, on 60 points. But with the game in hand is Arsenal. But this is an Arsenal, Arsenal side. Arsenal. Yeah, this is an Arsenal side without Granite Xhaka or uh, Mustafi. Um, I think Xhaka thinks probably a benefit to them, though. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> He's such a liability. <laughs> uh, Jose Mourinho uh, is unbeaten in 12 league games versus Arsenal. Rooney scores 11 goals versus Arsenal. It's the most successful, most most of any Premier League player scoring against Arsenal. Um it's not looking good for them, although they did win this one 3-0 last season, this fixture. And before that defeat to Spurs, they'd won three out of four. Whereas United have only got two consecutive draws. Yeah. The thing is, I don't know if you heard, but it's good news for Arsenal fans. Mesut Ozil has had his driveway re and And the press are saying that's because he's signing a new deal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was in a conference earlier and they said, oh, we see that uh, Mesut Ozil's getting his drive redone. That must mean you're staying, right? <laughs> and the <Vengo laughs> was just like, that's a conclusion that you've made, okay? <laughs> it's like when people start following other teams or players from particular teams on Twitter or Instagram. Isn't it? Oh, Ooh, that's, yeah. yeah. Messi's, M- Messi wants to follow Chelsea, so everyone's like, Messi to Chelsea, confirm. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm going to go to, for a honourable draw in this one, I think. A Man United draw, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Man United draw, yeah. I think so. Uh, okay. Currently, Man United are currently winning. Yeah, They've Rashford scored. Yeah, Rashford free kick. Yes, I wonder if he died for that one. <laughs> uh, Liverpool versus Southampton in the well, pretty much everybody derby. I was going to say. <laughs> Emery there's, there's Chan. There's people you can't do in that one. No, exactly. It's pretty much everybody, isn't it? Emery Chan. Can we talk about Emery Chan again? Just for the next half again. An hour or so. Oh, more God. and more. That's just. Oh. I, originally when I'm I saw sticking, it... I'm sticking photos of that on my bedroom scene. <laughs> originally when I saw it, I said to a Liverpool fan, did he mean it? What? He didn't even shit it like Rooney. Well, yeah, originally it looked like, from the first couple of replays, it looked like he was trying to go in one corner and then in the other. Nah, he was trying to head it and he slipped up or something. Yeah. He did say he was going to head it, that was his initial reaction, and then he just decided at the last minute to do that. Why not, right? Exactly. God. It did look a bit like it hit his shin, but <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to take away your, your absolute... positive. <laughs> Sorry, you're an absolute bloody stickly. Well, it hit his shin. He only won as the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Liverpool related, clearly. <laughs> it takes a lot to please you. Um, right, Klopp has drawn two and lost one versus Southampton. But I didn't know this till today. Liverpool has scored 208 goals in the Premier League under Jurgen Klopp. Um, that Jeez. is. That sounds a lot, actually. Maybe I've read it that. It is a lot. How, that how right? many games is that? Uh, I'm going to check this out again, because that doesn't think, quite thinking, seem right. Thinking about it, but you have scored a lot of goals. 208 sounds a lot. It's just, you concede a lot, too. Yeah, right. Let me have a look. Premier League fixtures. These are Alex's... Um, I'm going to blame Alex, I think, if this is wrong. Oh, Alex, come there on. Have been, there have been a Premier League high, 208 goals scored in match, oh, matches involving them. <laughs> oh, I was going to say. That's slightly how different. Many, how many goals did they actually score? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't say which way around. Oh, damn it. I was feeling good until I saw that. Uh, Southampton's 11 wins. Um, they've got 11 Premier League wins this season. Seven of them have come on a Sunday, which is the day that they play. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, they drew 0-0 with Hull last week, didn't they? They had that penalty that was saved in the last minute. And Liverpool had that goal, um, that win against Watford. Emery Chan scored that goal, have I told you that? Uh, d- did he? But what type of goal was oh, it? Honestly, you should look it up on the on the YouTube. <laughs> it was just fantastic. If you got it, like, is it like a rolling desktop background to like, pictures of him kicking it? Yeah, I'm considering renaming one of my children Emery Chan. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I do. Um, I've got a feeling Liverpool are going to struggle, but... Southampton only got one win in five at Anfield. You always think they're going to struggle, though. Know, you I always like, every time it's Liverpool, it's going to be like, "No, we're going to lose." It's the ultimate pessimist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on, cheer me up. I think 
it'll be a tough game. Southampton are a very, very good team. I mean, there'll, there'll be a lot of, you know, oh, I remember you. I remember you. I remember <laughs> you as well. So, um, there'll be quite a few sort of little reunions, as there always is, but. Oh, where the think, players sort of had their it. hug in oh, the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think they'll just line up and go, wait, am I in the wrong? Am... No, I'm in the right lineup. No, I am in the right lineup. <laughs> um, I think, I think you win it. Oh, let's hope. I doubt it. Let's hope. I don't know. They play good, attractive football, Southampton. I'm not sure whether they're the kind of team that can just sit back and. I don't think they can. No. And they've sort of proven that they're very, very good at sort of countering and, and break and sort of attacking teams, but their defence isn't always the best, especially with Van Dijk out. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, look, looking to catch them, Liverpool up only three points behind is Manchester City, who are at home to Crystal Palace in the Jamie Pollock derby. <laughs> if you remember him. Yeah. Um. City have won eight out of nine games versus Palace, who have got no clean sheet versus Manchester City since 1993. Not that long ago, then. No, to be honest, it seems like ten minutes ago, 1993, but it's um, it's obviously quite a lot longer than that. This was the game. Do you remember this one at um, Selhurst Park? This is the one where City won two one. This is the game where Pep brought Yaya Torre back in from the cold, didn't he? And he scored two oh, goals. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This was that game. Fraudiola, you mean, sorry. Fraudiola. <laughs> <laughs> if he listens to this, he's when he wins the league next season. He's gonna he's gonna write in and say, Ryan, you doubted me last season. It'll lift this his, season I wanna be. It will lift his jumper up underneath. <laughs> Fuck you, Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, if if that was happening, I'd just be like, you know what? He listened to the podcast. <laughs> exactly, I'd be quite pleased with that. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, yeah, screw the message. <laughs> um, Christian Benteke scored 22 against 22 opponents in the Premier League, but he's never scored against Manchester City. Is he going to do it this weekend in a winning, winning way? No. No? No. Man City, uh, they, need, they need the results, and they've been getting better as, as players have come back to fitness. Gabby so. Jesus is back. Yeah. God, he's he scored, didn't he? He's so good. He is. I mean, half his goals as well have been given offside. Yeah, offside in his debut, the offside versus Manchester City uh, against Manchester United. So, mm. God, he's just beastly. So good. He is. He's really good. Um, all right then. So we're both going to go for Manchester City in that one. Uh, yeah, I think so. West Ham Spurs in the Teddy Sheringham, probably loads of others as well. Derby. Do you know an anagram, an anagram of Teddy Sheringham was he'd shag dirty men. <laughs> Is that on your stat sheet, or is that just something you know? No, it's something I no, it's something I know. I don't know why. It's <laughs> weird anagrams. Is just something I know. Uh, Tony Blair MP was I'm Tory Plan B. Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, David Ginola was vagina dildo. <laughs> um, and did you, do you remember Virginia Bottomley? Yeah. Uh, Virginia Bottomley, I think, was an anagram of Virginia Bottomley. She was a conservative minister in the 90s, and um, an anagram of that was, uh, her name was, I'm an evil Tory bigot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the heat shag dirty men derby. Um, Andy Carroll's a doubt as ever. Uh, Kyle Walker and Danny Rose are doubts on the wing. Links with Walker being moved away in the summer, because apparently he was unhappy being dropped in the He's got a bit of a row, apparently. With yeah. Pochettino. I miss the Kyle Walker bus. I just don't get Kyle Walker at all. No. I mean, I just find it amazing that you're still technically fighting for a league title and, and, you, and there are now bits coming out about spats with players. I mean, it seems like a very Tottenham thing to do at the end of a season where you need to keep <laughs> your, uh, you know, keep your momentum up. And then it's like, actually, this player wants to leave. Not only that. five million, I saw. Yeah, not Tottenham. only that, but... How thin-skinned is Kyle Walker? Just get the hump and want to leave a club just because he's dropped for one game. I mean, I'd be interested. Where's he going to go? Man City? He'll get dropped every day. <laughs> yeah, he will. Well, he'll build up some team's five Englishmen or homegrown players quotient, won't he? Well, that's why the, the cost would be so high. Where's he? Where would he go? Was he say City he was linked with? Well, I think I just saw 35 million. I'm just sort of thinking, where would he go? You can't imagine him going to anywhere like middle table mid table really I can't think he's a is he left back or he's right back isn't he mm. oh, okay I just wonder if he's going to take Luke Shaw's place up at City because Mourinho again yeah. has been digging up great big Luke oh, Shaw oh god I, I tell you what I, I was talking to someone about this the other night and Mourinho is just 
uh, I've had problems with Mourinho in the past, and I'll take my chance to see, but like, this whole thing just seems like full-on bullying, and I just don't know how he's getting away with it. I mean, because obviously Luke Shaw went off and he said, oh, it best be a big injury. Yeah, he's out for the season. He's like torn an ACL or something. Oh, yes, he said it. After eight minutes, he better, yeah. Um, even Chris Sutton is coming to Luke Shaw's aid. And that says a lot. Chris Sutton <laughs> says that what you're saying is terrible. Yeah. There's clearly a big problem there. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, it's Spurs, isn't it? I mean, they won this 3-2 November. They were 2-1 down in the, in the last minute and Harry Kane scored two goals. I think I remember watching that. Um, 24 wins that Spurs have had. That's the most they've had in the league since 1966-67 season. Although, West Ham won this fixture 1-0 last season when Spurs started going a bit Spursy in March. Oh, yeah. It's, it, the thing is, you, we normally wouldn't be able to say this, say this if Jesse was on. Because no. she'd just be like, no, guys, it's fine. No, she'll be shouting at us on the subway. <laughs> um, looking at her, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm still going to go for Spurs, I think. I think they're, they're playing too well to lose. Yeah, exactly. I think it, until it's all said and done, I think they'll keep winning. I think when Chelsea secure it, I think then we're going to start seeing the tantrums come out. Yeah, I think so. Uh, next fixture, I've just written meh against uh, Burnley versus West Brom. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Anything you want to mention on that? Well, I tell you what, um, Burn- uh, West Brom averaged 3.3 goals a game in matches versus Burnley. Really? That's it sounds a lot surprising. for West Brom, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw West Brom fans are getting very upset with the classic Tony Pulis slump, where it's they've secured their place in the league, yeah, pretty much, and then they just don't they just don't win any more games. Yeah, which seems to be the case. We've been saying for ages that West Brom are in eighth, and thinking, oh, they could really push on, and and they're still eighth. Yeah. Just, I, th- I don't think Pulis cares. I don't think he wants to be too successful. Uh, no, he's got a rather hefty legal bill to pay back, isn't he? So maybe he's got yeah, his... exactly. So he's probably just thinking, I'm just going to sit where I am. Yeah, so exactly. Good. I don't want to do anything to rock the boat and maybe lose my job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Leicester versus Watford. This is the Jordan Stewart derby. Um, I tell you what derby this is. Do you remember the playoff semi-final these two had? Oh, a little bit, yeah. This was 2013, I think it was. Um... It, the, this was a Vicarage Road. It was a last minute. Leicester get a penalty, uh, and oh. missed the penalty, and Watford got the other end of the score. Yes, I and remember that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who was on the bench that day for Leicester? Jamie Vardy and oh, and yeah, oh, I don't know. Harry Kane. No. Yeah. Oh my God. That was when he was doing his loan tour. Oh yeah, of course. An unused substitute that day, Harry Kane. Mm. Um, Wes Morgan out, uh, injured. Um, Robert Huth is back in after that sore finger he tweeted. City <laughs> <laughs> um, have lost one in five versus Watford in the Premier League and Mahrez has scored in his last two games against them as well. So um, I'm kind of going for that one. Watford won 2-1 at Vicarage Road, but Shakespeare, Shakespeare, Craig Shakespeare is aiming to win his first five home Premier League games as a manager a feat only achieved by three other managers who are uh, Ancelotti yeah um, the next two Manchester City managers is it Pep no uh, Mancini wouldn't be, be Fraudiola would it well I was thinking I was like it can't be that I'll <laughs> guess it anyway. uh, no not Mancini oh um, Pellegrini is the yeah I'm going to say I'm not sure who the third. Sven. Would it have been Sven? Yeah, I was going to say, would it have been Sven or Mark? I can't see it being Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. It was definitely Sven. Well, yeah. He had that good start with um, Bojinov and people like that, do you remember? And uh, Elano. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Elano and people like that. Oh, Elano, yeah. He was a good player, wasn't he? Yeah, I liked that team. Originally. It was a good team, yeah. They ended up going to Turkey, didn't they? And then he still had the sort of waves and strays like Robbie Fowler and David James and people, didn't he? Yeah, which was very strange at the time. It was like you got all these exciting sort of new players and it's like Robbie Fowler and David James. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to go for Leicester in this one. Yeah, I think they're, they're on very, very good form. Yeah. So. Super. Right, well that brings us to the end of everything I've got written down. You got anything? AOB? Uh, no, and I like the abbreviation. Have you never heard it before? 
I have. It's just, it's just always. It's just, it's just, it, everything sounds cooler when it's abbreviated. Do you think? Mm. I'm a young and knowing. I, I don't like talking proper. You're a spotty youth that only does things in 140 characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if I could just talk in emotes, you know. <laughs> what? Why not? Why use words? Whereas, honestly? really, I'd, I'd be writing this podcast out longhand with a quill if I could. <laughs> uh, well look okay thank you so much if they want to follow you how do they do that on Twitter my Twitter handle is the Ryan Goodman at the Ryan Goodman right okay at Man on the Post is the Twitter account for Man on the Post and also the Instagram account we are part of the World Football Index that's at World Football I and WorldFootballIndex.com they have podcasts uh, from all across the world talking about Copa Libertadores in South America Liga MX and MLS in North America uh, in Europe they do leagues in uh, Germany, Russia, Italy, Spain, uh, England, and anywhere else you can care to imagine. They're also launching a Patreon service if you subscribe. Um, for $5 a month, if you subscribe, you become part of the World Football Index community where you gain access to the exclusive private Facebook group uh, where you can chat with experts. I don't know if that includes me or you or not. Well, I'm assuming not. <laughs> <laughs> Do I sound like an expert? Um, I don't know. Maybe an expert on. I don't know. It doesn't say football. <laughs> An, an expert on hating Rafa Benitez. Yes, you could be an expert on that. Um, God knows what I could be. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm an expert on pessimism. Yes. There you go. Uh, yeah, I could be your pessimism expert. Yeah. <laughs> we could help you with that. Uh, you'll also add to your Twitter community uh, list and you get a Twitter follow back if you don't already. Uh, Tempest contribution gets you all of the above, plus you get to submit questions to be answered on your favourite WFI podcast. We're going to be held to account on these things. These, what sort of questions are we going to have to answer? I mean, I these don't are. Know. Oh. Hopefully, football. <laughs> Not like Donald Trump's foreign policy or something like that. Who's your favourite? Who's your? What's, what's your favourite supermarket? Oh no. Oh, that would be Nisa. Nisa. Yeah. Oh, honestly. I've been, oh my god. I do a lot of travelling around in Cornwall for my job, and I'm an expert on these small convenience <laughs> there stores. There you go. That's, that's your. Uh, oh, that's my. That's t- your expert thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm an expert on local convenience stores in Cornwall, whether it's the little co-ops or whether it's the premieres or the Nisas. That'd be my. I'm thing. in Cornwall this weekend. Which Nisa should I visit? Yes, giving you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, supermarkets in Cornwall. That's my specialist subject. If anyone wants to ask That's your mastermind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That and Liverpool. Um, okay. So you can request articles or specific topics from our writing team. You also get access to uh, the manager press conference audios, which are pretty good, actually. Have you ever listened to those? Mm, I really enjoy them, man. Yeah, they are quite good because you get to sort of hear the questions or the sort of pregnant pauses as the managers sort of listen and reply back um fifteen dollars a month gets you all the above plus you get to receive a book of your choice from the world football index book list and we went through some of these last week didn't we yeah how many have you bought in between uh none i've <laughs> not bought anything recently actually <laughs> uh the ball is round david goldblatt behind the curtain jonathan wilson uh a few others what have we got um Football Against the Enemy, Simon Cooper, uh, which is very old but still very good. Uh, Soconomics, which I can recommend. Loads of biographies on Jurgen Klopp. Pep Guardiola. I could read that. In fact, there's two, actually. There's Pep Guardiola, Ooh. Another Way of Winning, and Pep Confidential. Uh, there's also a biography of um, Louis van Gaal. And there's autobiographies. Andrew Pirlo, Johan Cruyff, Zlatan, uh, Dennis Bergkamp, <laughs> Ian Wright, and Ray Parler. Um and there's also football coaching books available as well, tactics books as well. So, well, I was going to say, what, what's your personal biggest recommendation from that list? From that list? If I was to buy a book tomorrow. I would suggest, well, the ball is round is great. It's just 900 pages long. I just, yeah. I don't have time for that. Well, I don't, pages. yeah, I know. I'd, I would say James Montague's 31-0. Okay. I would. But that's quite a well-known one. If you're looking for one that's not quite so well-known, Outcast, The Lands at FIFA Forgot, Steve Menner is really good. It's about all these teams that aren't FIFA members, um, that either are looking to become FIFA members or they take part in the island games or the or the sort of non-FIFA football tournaments. You get things like Shetland Islands or the Falklands or um, Kosovo were there at some point as well before they became FIFA members. That's quite a good book. Mm. So check those out. 
Okay. I also bought Mr. by Rory Smith today, which is about um, football coaches from England that went out and taught the world how to play football so they could come back and spank us. <laughs> I'm quite looking forward to reading that. So I'm going to give that one a go, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Give one of those a try. Um, as I say, that's at World Football Line. That's worldfootballindex.com. Uh, if you like what you hear from either us or World Football Index, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, any five-star reviews are more than gratefully received. Um, you can subscribe on iTunes and they arrive automatically. You can follow an Acast and they fall automatically in your inbox as well. Um, and I think that's it. Have I missed anything out? I think that's everything. I think that's what you normally cover. I think so. That's that one. My, my deep breath exhaled. So I think that's everything <laughs> I've done. So there. Uh, okay. Well, thanks so much, Ryan. Thank you. And always remember to keep your man on the post. Uh-huh.